Welcome to the Daily Ding. Happy Wednesday morning, everybody. We've got all your NBA action covered from Tuesday around the league. I'm your host, Dave DeFore, joined by Wazzy Lambre from The Athletic. What's up, Waz? What's going on, Dave? I'm going to say that every single time until it gets old. And we got <laughs> Rob Lopez trying to unload all of his uh, big baller brand stock. Uh, before we get started, don't forget, you can still sign up until April 8th using our promo code at the athletic, go to theathletic.com slash dings and get 40% off a one year subscription. Again, it's about three bucks a month. It's less than a Starbucks coffee for the best sports coverage that you can find anywhere, literally anywhere. Uh, read Zach Harper, read Ethan Strauss, Sam Amick, Wozni Lambre, read all the greatest <laughs> writers at the athletic, go to the athletic.com slash dings and save 40%. And, uh, we also still have tickets available for the live show in Chicago, May 18th at Lincoln hall. Get your tickets on count the dings.com May 18th, Chicago, Lincoln hall tickets at count the dings.com coming up on today's daily ding Luca and Trey both go off on the same night. Kemba Walker saves the Hornets and the Clippers have clinched a playoff berth. But first we had the battle of the MVPs in Milwaukee and the bucks pretty much dusted the Rockets 108 to 94 Giannis Antetokounmpo with 19 points, 14 rebounds, James Harden, 23 points, 10 rebounds, seven assists. He was nine of 26 from the field. One of nine from three was before I even talk about any of the other guys in this game. I want to talk about the way the Bucks guarded James Harden. They they did exactly what they did in the first matchup, and they and he struggled in that game, and he was he was pretty awful tonight. Yeah, they just basically crowded him, man. They put they put that dude in like uh it was like a ring around the rosy, just around the dude. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like the entire starting five around James Harden. And you know, they've been doing a great defensive job against teams all season. Um, I would have liked to see Harden just straight up just attack the basket a little bit more forcefully, like just be forceful about, look, look man, either block me or foul me at the rim. Um, but, you know, Harden's going to do his thing. Like a lot of times he doesn't deviate from his game plan, right? He's right. like, I'm just going to do what, do what I, what I do, and, and it works. Like he didn't make an adjustment at any point during the game, and that's fine. It's the regular season. Right. Um, it's not re- a really big deal for them standings-wise, so I understand why he did that. But uh, I was – Go ahead. If I can, just to push back a little bit, this is kind of a preview of how teams are going to play him in the playoffs in particular, because the officiating also gets a little tighter. It's harder to get that whistle. And right. so the bucks, they don't really foul a lot and Harden, you know, he, he kind of turns the ball over here and there. And, and if you're not getting these, you know, these basically bonus possessions that he gets getting fouled on threes and things like that, which he wasn't tonight. He had five free throw attempts. Um, you can see where the team starts to struggle a little bit. Yeah, of course. And and honestly, for Houston, I think it's good in the playoffs against the good teams. Well, not against the good teams, I should say. It's against the Warriors specifically, James Harden's going to have to make his step back. Because right. in the playoffs, teams play him to shoot. They contest. They they contest him at the rim. Like they they fall back off of him. They get a great contest at the rim, so that he has to finish over length. And they dare him to shoot. And if he's not, and he hasn't look, he hasn't made every regular season. He's upped his percentage of step back threes made. But every single playoffs, he hasn't made it at an efficient rate. And I think that's what's going to be the difference for the Rockets in the playoffs. 
Yep. And so the Bucks essentially did the anything but a step back defense. They were shading him really hard to his left. I mean, sometimes playing, you know, mm-hmm. perpendicular to his body. Um, I, I, I was impressed. I mean, George Hill looked great pressuring, uh, not just James Harden in the backcourt, but also Chris Paul. He got a couple steals doing that. Uh, Eric Bledsoe tonight was fantastic. 23 points, seven assists, four of seven from three and oh. awesome defense on Harden and Chris Paul. I, I just thought he was the star of the game for me. Yeah, and if you know, if Eric Bledsoe was making his jump shots, he becomes just straight up a completely transformed player, right? And of course, we know what he's capable of on the defensive end, as you mentioned. But if he's going to be making his threes, you know, obviously he excels in, in attack mode, and year by year he stepped up his playmaking. And I think because. For whatever reason, man, he's taken to Bud's system. Like, he knows the reads. He knows when his guys are coming off of what cuts, what screens. He knows when to make the pass, when to take it himself. Like, he's taken so well to this system in the first year. Uh, If if he's going to make his jump shot at even close to regularity, if he's going to make his three even close to 35%, he is going to be an absolute plus player in any playoff series. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Chris Middleton at 13 points, Chris Paul, 19, nine rebounds. Um, Eric Gordon, O of seven for no points. Um, this is sort of kind of what we saw good anymore. I was about to say, man, this is like, this has been bugging me. We've, we saw this to start the season. We all thought, Oh, he's going to come around. It's getting late, man. He hasn't really had a good year. And we saw what happens in the playoffs when they don't get any help outside of James Harden. And then, you know, Chris Paul, if he gets hurt, like who's going to step up. And I mean, you know, PJ Tucker does his job, right? but they need Eric Gordon to be that, that other guy they that's going to get him some buckets. They absolutely need him because at the end of the day, as great as Harden is, as great as Chris Paul has been throughout his entire career, you cannot rely on those two guys going ISO for entire games at a time. There needs to be a third guy who can threaten the basket, who can make an open shot, who can get fouled at the rack, right? Like yep. there just needs to be another guy who steps up. And if ever Gordon's not doing that, they're not going to succeed. Um, there were times in the play. He had his moments in the playoffs where he had games where the jumper was falling. Um, and, and when the jump is falling, he's not afraid to go downhill. Um, you know, he had his moments last year, but there were also games like this where he just couldn't buy a bucket, couldn't make a shot. Uh, you know, his handle was looking suspect. Like he had, he's, you know, he's an up and down player specifically in crunch time. So that's going to be a major factor for them in um, this coming postseason. Absolutely. Uh, and news for the bucks, Dante DiVincenzo. Shouts to white Dante is going to actually be out for the rest of the season with a foot injury. I'm assuming maybe through the playoffs. I don't really have that information right in front of me. Um, but now the bucks are going to be without Dante, no Miritich, no Gasol, no Brogdon all going into the, into the playoffs. And I would, I would imagine no Brogdon at least in the first round of the playoffs. This is a terrible time for guys to start dropping because you want to be building up that chemistry and you want people, you know, you want guys to rest, but you also want to be, you know, solidifying your rotations and all this stuff. It's going to be tough for them to reintroduce like Miritich in the first round of the playoffs because they just got him bringing Brockton back. And, you you know, now George Hill 
starting to look like a basketball player again, you know, Bledsoe doing a lot with the ball in his hands. It's this is like, I hate to say it because the bucks have been so steady all year tonight. Another example of them just coming in, going to work and, and finishing the job. But this is going to be really weird. Now what the hope, the hope here would be that the first round playoff series is, is a no brainer. It's something easy for them. Yeah. And they get to add these guys and it's no big deal. But man, what if it's not? I'm not too worried because Miritich is somebody who honestly, they, they, they're they going to get 60 wins without ever having incorporated that guy at any point in the season, right? So I don't think he's – either way, he's not super integral to what they do. He's like the – you know, he's like the uh, the garnish at the end of the, the plating, right? He's not really central to what they're going to try to do. And I think Brogdon, he's such a cerebral player – and a, a huge part of what he's adding is stretching the defense out to 26 feet, not being right. afraid to pull, not being afraid to attack um, off of a closeout. Uh, he's going to be fine. Man. And they've I think played they'll be with fine him. if they Yes, and they've right. played with him. Exactly. So I think come the second round, they'll be fine. Yeah, and Gasol's not going to play. And in the West, uh, the Rockets are now the four seed. They are currently, if the playoff started today, they'd be playing the Clippers, who just clinched a playoff berth. Uh, the Clippers currently are the five seed. So um, that, that would be an interesting matchup too early to talk about it because the West playoffs are just, I mean, it's log jammed from five to eight. Um, but yeah, so man, the, the season is almost over wise. The playoffs are almost here. I cannot wait. I'm pumped. Guys are terrible at taking care of their health, whether it's a knee injury, bad back, something worse. Guys are usually more comfortable you know, rubbing some dirt on it than seeing a doctor. Uh, I'm guilty of it myself. I've had tears in my rotator cuff for years. Still haven't gotten surgery. Still haven't gotten it fixed. Uh, just living with it. And, it. and it's dumb because we never take care of ourselves. Same can be true with erectile dysfunction. Guys, it's not the 50s anymore. We can talk about this. It's fine. It's, all, it's a fact of life. Plenty of people go through it. You get it fixed. Studies show 70% of guys who experience ED don't get treated for it. Thankfully, Roman created an easy way to get checked out by a doctor and get treated for ED online. Roman is a one-stop shop where licensed U.S. physicians can diagnose ED and ship medication right to your door. With Roman, no waiting rooms, no awkward face-to-face conversations, no uncomfortable trips to the pharmacy. You can handle everything discreetly online. All you have to do is visit GetRoman.com ding. You fill out a brief medical onboarding chat with a doctor you get fda approved ed meds delivered to your door in discreet unmarked packaging uh guys go online and get checked by a doctor it's so easy erectile dysfunction is a problem that guys never tackle but with roman it's really easy so take care of it we're not we're not we're not gonna be upset about this anymore we're gonna get it taken care of for a free online visit go to getroman.com ding that's getroman.com ding for a free online visit again getroman.com ding Going over the other games around the league, the Spurs drop an OT game, uh, which I'm surprised by in Charlotte to the Hornets, 125 to 116. The Hornets have now won four in a row. Uh, Kemba Walker had 38 points, 11 assists, nine rebounds, was just insane in overtime. LaMarcus Aldridge uh, following up his 48 point night with 20 points, 15 rebounds. DeMar Rosen, 30 points, eight rebounds, four assists. Uh, the Hornets are now one and a half games outside of the eighth seed. The Spurs are currently the eighth seed in the West and they trail Oklahoma city by half a game for the seventh seed. Uh, was, I told you it was wild out West. 
Yeah, it's nice to see the Hornets, you know, actually scrapping and fighting down the stretch. As we know, they're one of these organizations who don't believe in crazy blowups, crazy rebuilds. They they want to put a competitive product on the floor every single season. The season hasn't are gone. Good at it. They're just not right. They're just not good at it. the season hasn't gone as expected. And, you know, it's hard. It's hard to put a quality product on the floor when you have 45 million tied into Bismarck Biombo and uh, Nicola Batum. So, you know, <laughs> that's going to be tough. Yeah. But it's nice to see them scrapping down the stretch in Kemba contract year. He's showing improving. I'm proud of him. I hope he gets, you know, he gets rewarded in the offseason, whether it be here or elsewhere. So it's nice to see them staying in the hunt. As far as the Spurs, I see a lot of chatter out there. The Spurs are going to be dangerous in the playoffs. I just don't. Hey, see hey, it. hey, that chatters for me. Why? I just don't see it, man. <laughs> the second best player is DeMar DeRozan. Uh, a notorious postseason underachiever. LaMarcus Aldridge has had his postseason moments. You know, like he's had his like, oh man, this guy's not the point game. Yeah. Right. Like he's had his moments in both San Antonio and Portland where he looked amazing in the postseason. So you never know what you're going to get from them. Obviously, they're going to schematically, they're going to be as ready as anybody. I just don't think they got the horses realistically to challenge any of the better teams out West. Yeah, after their nine-game winning streak, uh, the Spurs have lost three of their last four. Uh, in Cleveland, the Celtics, no Kyrie, no problem. No problem. No problem. <laughs> they beat the Cavs 116 to 106. That's so cliche. You know what's coming. Marcus know. Smart with 21 points, six rebounds, four assists. Al Horford, 19 points, eight rebounds, five assists. Colin Sexton continues to finish the season nicely, 24 points. Uh, the Celtics are currently the five seed in the East disappointing. And uh, the Pacers are ahead of them for the four seed by a game and a half in Miami, the heat drop a game to the magic one Oh four to 99. The Orlando magic have now won six in a row. This is all right. Like, is this the first six in a row that they've won since they traded Dwight Howard? Like, I feel like this has got to be the longest win streak they've had. Uh, we need stats and info to look that up. Uh, Chris Bosch had his Jersey retired rightfully. So next up should be the hall of fame. Uh, Nikola Vucevic with 24 points, 16 rebounds, five assists. Dwayne Wade had 22.7 rebounds, seven assists off the bench. Uh, Orlando is now ahead of Miami for the eight seed. You want to know a secret be, uh, having to do with this Miami Orlando magic game oh. since Dwight Howard left the magic. I haven't watched a non heatles magic game to its completion since I swear oh, to God, no. oh, no. <laughs> I swear to God uh, in Toronto, the Raptors handled the bulls one twelve to one Oh three Kawhi and Kyle Lowry both had 14 points. Uh, Pascal Siakam with 13. Serge Ibaka had 16 and eight rebounds off the bench. Is Siakam locked in for most improved? I think so. He is for me. Yeah, I'd have to agree. A lot of people are going to give it to D loading, but I, man, I, I think it's got to be Siakam because he's demonstrated new skills. He's done it all year, too. Hey, guys, join us for the back-to-back -back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. Go to FanDuel.com slash B2B, sign up, deposit 5 bucks, and get a $5 bonus in your bank from FanDuel. You can play against other back-to-back -back listeners every Wednesday in the back-to-back -back Wednesday challenge. Shout-out to Claw11X for taking home the victory last Wednesday. He is going to be joining us on a future mailbag. You could be, too, if you win the back-to-back -back Wednesday challenge on FanDuel. Again, it's FanDuel.com slash B2B for the back-to-back -back Wednesday challenge in Minnesota, the Los Angeles Clippers have 
clinched a playoff berth 122 to 111 over the Minnesota Timberwolves. Clippers have now won six straight. Danilo Gallinari, 25 points, 10 rebounds. Uh, Lou Williams, 20 points, seven assists off the bench. And for Minnesota, Carl Anthony Towns had 24 points and 13 rebounds. Andrew Wiggins had 22 points. And Dario Saric had 18 points and five rebounds. Uh, Pat Beverly did leave the game with a hip injury. Um, no word yet on, on how much time he's going to miss. After the game was... The Doc Rivers storms into the locker room with a bottle of champagne and they pop it and spray it all over the locker room. Hey, ESPN predictor. Right. 33 wins. That's what they said. Charles Barkley, 33 wins. Vegas, 33 wins. And we go going to the damn playoffs. <laughs> How do you feel that about that? Like, if, if do you think that they talk to the game ops people or the or the uh, team manager for the Timberwolves to say, "Hey, we're about to dump champagne all over the visiting locker room"? Yeah, I'm. I'm assuming uh, the because the Clippers are a class, pretty classy organization. I'm assuming they got the word to, to go ahead to to go ahead and do that. Or even if they didn't, they probably offered to spend it whatever. It yeah, whatever <laughs> yeah. it costs to to get that cleaned up, but. You know, normally I'd be like, come on, what are you guys doing celebrating a, a six seed in the playoffs with champagne? But at the end of the day, man, nothing was really expected of this team Big to deal. start the season. Vegas and had them at 33 wins. They're currently at 45. And so to 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 be able to accrue this many wins, to cha- to trade ostensibly what is one of your best two or three, to one, two or three best players on the team, and everybody assumes that you're just no longer gunning for the players to come out and play as hard as they can. I mean, as hard as they have throughout this entire stretch is a pretty cool story, man. It's kind of, yeah. you know, one of the bright spots of the second half of the NBA season. In New Orleans, the Hawks, and Trey Young defeat the Pelicans 130 to 120. Trey Young, 33 points, 12 assists. Dude has just been going off. Uh, Anthony Davis did not play back spasms, so no minutes update for him. Drew Holiday is done for the season. Uh, he had surgery on a torn core muscle. Um, Julius Randle had 24 points, nine rebounds, making himself a lot of money this summer. In Dallas, the Kings defeat the Mavericks 125 to 121. Luka Doncic with his seventh triple-double of the season, 28 points, 12 assists, 12 rebounds. He has tied Magic Johnson for the third most triple-doubles by a rookie. Uh, De'Aaron Fox with 23 points, 8 assists, 5 rebounds. Buddy Hield, 17 points, 5 rebounds. And Harrison Barnes with another revenge game, 18 points for the Kings. All right, Wise, look, it's time for you and I to give our take on this. It's been all over social media. It's been all over television. Trey Young. Or Luka Doncic, you only get to choose one. Was who's the rookie get, of the year? I only get to choose one. It's it's kind of obvious for me. It's Luka because he's done it all year. I know we got the recency bias with how Trey Young has played in the the you know the outer third of this season, and it's been incredible. And I will say, I was one of the first people in the media to say November, I want to say, or early December, that the Hawks will not regret this trade, right? I think a lot, there's a sense out there that Luka Doncic is going to be a perennial first teamer like Giannis or AD. I I don't see that for him, right? I, I think one day maybe he can be as good as, say, uh, Dame Lillard, 
if you will, which is, you know, there's nothing to sneeze at. He's he's a great player and a perennial all-star. But I just think the way people talk about Luka, like he is destined to be an all-star starter every year, all-first-teamer. I, I don't really see that for him. I think Trey Young is has a trajectory to make probably just as many all-star teams as Luka Doncic does. I don't think he'll be quite as good, impactful. Um, but he'll be right there, and and they're gonna get another lottery pick out of trading down for the guy. I just I I, I watched him in November. Um, I watched him in person at a Hawks game. I just thought the guy's feel for the game, his understanding for angles and timing, and like he was throwing passes before his teammates even got open. And I was just like, man, this guy's doing this as a rookie. Once his shooting catches up. Uh, he's he already has a feel for drawing contact. I was like, this guy is going to be good. Yeah, you no. Know? So I'm he's pretty, already I'm proud good. of him, man. Yeah. So I mean, I've watched Luca for I me. Mean, I watched him in Spain for a few years before he came over here. So he was already adjusted to being a pro, and so he had that head start. Trey Young essentially had one bad month yep. to start the season, and and this just goes to show what narratives can do. I think. Trey Young is right behind Luca in the rookie of the year stuff. It is so close. And this idea that Luca, I mean, here's what happened. Luca ran away with it because he had this huge head he start. He jumped out so quickly. Right. But Trey has been, I mean, I could you can make an argument that in 2019, so since the first of January, sure. Trey's been better. Yeah, you could probably make that argument, but he was so bad out the gate, he right? Was. And this and this is and this is an award for the the entire season, right? Hey, absolutely, not not the just last like, half for the like last Siakam. third, right? You no, know, um, but this is a this is a an an award given to the the rookie that played best throughout the entire course of the season. But I just gotta say, man, I, the only person who I remember being very high on Trey Young coming out of the draft was was my man Nate Duncan. Uh, he just, you know, he watched the play. He's like, I don't know why people are so down on him. If he can make his threes at a consistent basis, he has enough feel. He has the his passing ability is already elite. Uh, he he has all the tools to be a good NBA player. And it's I'm nice over here shaking that. my head, Waz. I can't believe that you weren't paying attention to my Trey Young takes. But yeah, I think it, that guy's going to be special. I think Luka Doncic is also going to be special. I think all NBA is uh, is going to be a no brainer for him at some point in his career uh, in Denver. The Nuggets defeat the Pistons 95 to 92. Uh, the Nuggets led by 19 going into the fourth and, um, you know, just kind of lost track of things, but held on for the victory. Jamal Murray, 33 points, five assists. Blake Griffin with 29 points, 15 rebounds, five assists, had 32 shots tonight. Woo. Uh, Nikola Jokic, 23 and five assists. Uh, the Nuggets Warriors are currently tied for the one seed out west. Um, the Pistons are currently in the seventh seed. They are ahead of Orlando by half a game, and they trail the Nets by half a game for the sixth seed. Uh, in LA, the Lakers defeat the Wizards 124 to 106. LeBron with 23, 14 assists, seven rebounds. Bradley Beal, 32 points, five rebounds. Uh, moving on to the lines of the night. All right, Waz, hey, here we go. Hey, before you go on, I just want to uh -oh. say. Not gonna cheat the pod. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, me either. That's why we're gonna go on to lines of the night. Kemba Walker, thirty-eight points, eleven assists, nine rebounds. Demar Derozan, thirty points, eight rebounds, four assists. Jamal Murray, thirty-three and five. Bradley Beal, thirty-two, five rebounds. Trey Young, thirty-three, twelve assists. Or Luka Doncic with the twenty-eight point, twelve assists, twelve rebound, triple double. Who you got, Waz? 
For me, it's Jamal Murray. Murray! Uh, because I think these are the type of performances he's going to have to churn out in the playoffs, not on a game-to-game basis, but he's going to have to score 30 for them to advance past the first even round, right? Like, yeah. he's going to have to drop 30 a couple of games. And I think I want to see how he handles his first postseason, right? Like, everybody made a big deal about what the Boston kids did in their first postseason where – Let's be honest. There were no expectations placed on those kids so they could go out and just play and whatever happened, happened and and everybody would be fine with it. I think Jamal Murray, he's going to be looked upon a little bit more to come out and show and prove because he, you know, he's generally considered the second best player on the team. So I think performances like this spinning forward are going to be monumental in regards to what Denver is able to accomplish this postseason. I agree, especially on nights like tonight where the offense just isn't clicking. Like he's going to have to be able to get buckets like he did against the Pistons. I mean, we, we've seen him go off a couple times. And he's he, got shot-making ability. Absolutely. Shot-making off the dribble, which is, you know, the most valuable skill you can have in the NBA. He yep. just needs to be more aggressive with it. And, you know, part of that is function of their offense. But sometimes when nobody else has it going, you got to have a guy who can do it. And I think Jamal could be that guy. We'll see in the playoffs. Uh, our games to watch for tomorrow was is a five game slate for tomorrow. I'm going to let you go first and then I'll, I'll pretend like you didn't pick mine. My game of tomorrow night has got to be Indiana and OKC because just the juxtaposition of those two teams is Indiana hurt. They lose their best player. Everybody gives up on them. They are scrapping to the end. They're winning games. They're maintaining a top five seed in the Eastern conference. They might even end up with home court in the first round. And then you you have OKC who's been spiraling out of control the last few weeks. Some people might say it's regular season fatigue or malaise, which I tend to believe because guys like Steven Adams and, and Russell Westbrook and Paul George are gamers. Like they're not night to night guys. They are put it on the line every single night. So when you see them giving lackluster performances, I think that speaks to a certain boredom and a certain, you know, uh, indifference to what's going on in the regular season. But I think it'll be interesting because in the end, it's not the type of team you get your bounce back game against, right? Like they, right. they play hard all game, every single game. So I'm interested to see how OKC responds now that they're in the seventh spot and they've kind of embarrassed themselves for a few weeks now. Yeah, and playoff seating implications in this game on both sides. Uh, for me, it's going to be Portland, Chicago. I know that seems like uh, you know Chicago is just going to get dusted, but this will be the first game without Nurk, and, and I want to see how those bigs for Portland respond. I, I think they should start Zach Collins. You know, he to me has got the highest upside of of any of the three guys that are left on the roster. Um, I want to see how he plays, how he responds, how he works with, with Dame. You know, we talked about that a little bit on the buds yesterday, but um, you know, I want to see it on the court. And and so I'm going to be really locked in on that game tomorrow night. Uh, That's it for today's show. Make sure you like us on Facebook at facebook.com slash count the dings. Subscribe to the back to back podcast feed. We had a new basketball buds drop yesterday, have a new nerder. She wrote coming out tomorrow and a new mailbag coming later on this week on its own feed. Don't forget, go subscribe, rate and review the mailbag on its own feed. While you're there, do the same for the black opinions matter Monday feed and this podcast, the daily ding, as well as all of our feeds from the back to back network the house of strauss and pack your knives was what happens now every little thing that we do let's keep between me and you those freaky things that you do let's keep between me and you